Part Five, Chapter Eighteen of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Dole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Maria Dmitrievna, finding the weeping Sonya in the corridor, had obliged her to confess the whole. Having got possession of Natasha's letter and read it, Maria Dmitrievna took it and confronted Natasha with it. Wretched girl, shameless hussy, she said to her. I will not listen to a single word. Pushing away Natasha, who looked at her with wondering but tearless eyes, she shut her in under lock and key. Then she had ordered the Dvornik to admit into the courtyard anyone who might come that evening, but not to let them out again, and she had ordered the footmen to show such persons into her presence. Having made these arrangements, she took up her position in the drawing-room and waited for developments. When Gavrilo came in to inform Marya Dmitrievna that the abductors had escaped, she was very indignant. She got up, and for a long time paced up and down the room, with her hands clasped behind her back, deliberating on what she ought to do. At midnight she got the key out from her pocket and went into Natasha's room. Sonya was still sitting in the corridor, sobbing. "'Marya Dmitrievna, let me go to her, for God's sake,' said she. Marya Dmitrievna, giving her no reply, opened the door and went in. "'Disgusting! Abominable!' in my house indecent shameless hussy only i'm sorry for her father said marya dmitrievna trying to master her indignation hard as it will be i will bid them all hold their tongues and i'll keep it from the count marya dmitrievna entered the chamber with her firm step natasha was lying on the sofa with her face hid in her hands she did not stir but lay in the same position in which marya dmitrievna had left her pretty conduct pretty conduct indeed exclaimed marya dmitrievna to make assignations with your lovers in my house none of your hypocrisy listen when i speak to you marya dmitrievna shook her by the arm listen when i speak to you you have disgraced yourself like any common wench i'd settle this with you but i have some pity for your father i shall keep it from him natasha did not change her position but her whole body began to shake with the noiseless convulsive sobs that choked her marya dmitrievna glanced at sonya and sat down on the sofa near natasha lucky for him he escaped me but i'll find him said she in her harsh voice do you hear what i am saying she put her big hand under natasha's face and turned it toward her both marya dmitrievna and sonya were amazed when they saw her face her eyes were dry and glittering her lips compressed her cheeks hollow. Let me be. What do I care? I shall die, she murmured, turning away from Marya Dmitrievna with angry petulance and hiding her face in her hands again. Natalia, exclaimed Marya Dmitrievna, I wish you well. Lie there, lie there if you wish, I won't touch you, but listen to me. I am not going to show you how blameworthy you have been. You know. But, don't you see, your father will be back tomorrow. What shall I say to him? Again Natasha's form was shaken by sobs. He will hear of it, and so will your brother, and so will your betrothed. I have no betrothed. I have refused him, cried Natasha. That is immaterial, pursued Marya Dmitrievna. Well, they will learn of it. Do you think they will forgive it? there's your father i know him if he should challenge him would it be a good thing huh 
Ach, leave me. Why should you have interfered at all? Why? Why? Who asked you to? screamed Natasha. Sitting up straight on the sofa and glaring angrily at Marya Dmitrievna. But what idea had you? demanded Marya Dmitrievna, again losing her patience. Were you kept locked up? Who on earth prevented him from coming to the house? Why must he needs carry you off like a gypsy wench? Well, now, suppose he had carried you off. Do you suppose we shouldn't have found him? Either your father, or your brother, or your betrothed? Well, he's a scoundrel, a knave, that's what he is. He's better than all of you put together, cried Natasha, sitting up very straight. If you had not meddled, ugh, oh, my God, has it come to this? Has it come to this? Sonya, what made you? Go away! And she burst into a passion of tears, sobbing with the desperation such as only those feel who know that they are responsible for their own woes. Marya Dmitrievna began to speak once more, but Natasha cried, Go away! Go away! You all hate me! You all despise me! And she threw herself on the sofa again. Marya Dmitrievna continued for some time to give her advice, and assure her that this whole affair ought to be kept a secret from the Count, that no one would know anything about it if only Natasha would try to let it all go, and not betray in any one's presence that anything had happened. Natasha made no reply. She ceased to sob, but a fit of shivering and trembling came upon her. Marya Dmitrievna put a pillow under her head, covered her up with a couple of comforters, and herself brought her some linden flower but Natasha had nothing to say to her. Now, let her go to sleep, said Marya Dmitrievna, and left the room, thinking that she would soon sleep. But Natasha did not go to sleep, and with wide, staring eyes, gazed into vacancy. She slept none that night, and she did not weep, and she did not speak to Sonya, who several times got up and went to her. On the following day, Count Ilya Andreyitch returned from his Podmoskovnaya in time for breakfast, as he had promised. He was in a most genial frame of mind. He had come to a satisfactory arrangement with his purchaser, and now there was nothing to detain him in Moscow, and away from his countess, whom he was very anxious to see. Marya Dmitrievna met him, and informed him that Natasha had been ill the day before, that they had sent for the doctor, and now she was better. Natasha that morning did not leave her room. With set, cracked lips, with wide, dry eyes, she kept her place by the window, and anxiously gazed at the passers-by in the street, and turned anxiously towards those who entered her room. She was evidently expecting news from him, expecting that either he would himself come or send her a letter. When the Count went to her, she heard the sound of his heavy steps, and turned round nervously, and then her face assumed its former expression of hauteur, and even anger. She did not even get up to meet him. "'What is the matter with thee, my angel? Are you ill?' asked the Count. Natasha hesitated. "'Yes, I am ill,' said she. In reply to the Count's anxious questions, why she was so cast down, and whether anything had happened to her lover, she assured him that nothing had happened, and begged him not to be disturbed. Marya Dmitrievna confirmed Natasha's statement that nothing had happened, but the Count, judging from the imaginary illness, and by his daughter's absent-mindedness, by the troubled faces of Sonya and Marya Dmitrievna, saw clearly that during his absence something must have happened. It was so terrible, however, for him to think that anything disgraceful had happened to his beloved daughter. He was so happy in his buoyant good spirits 
that he avoided asking any pointed questions and tried hard to assure himself that nothing out of the way could have happened and his only regret was that on account of natasha's indisposition he was obliged to postpone their return to his country seat End of chapter 18